Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I'm so excited to have you again on another episode. And I'm really excited about our special guest today because we're going to talk about something that I think is very important, and that is breaking the power of the mask, taking off that mask. You know, uh, we know a lot of people in life, and you've maybe even experienced that in your life where you felt like you just had to cover up who you really were in order to fit in. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that with my guest, Jocelyn, today. And I want to give you a little bit more information about her. Jocelyn Jones is committed to helping those who have experienced trauma and grief to find hope and healing. After receiving her BA in journalism from the University of Iowa, Jocelyn accepted a position at Channel 20 WYCC, and she eventually left the television industry to serve as an executive director of the Youth Center on Chicago's South Side. Wow, I'm really, I want to hear about that a little bit. And while there, Jocelyn earned her master's degree in social work from the University of Chicago and a master's in theological studies from McCormick Theological Seminary. And Jocelyn is also an ordained minister and the founder of Faith of the Journey Counseling. And she is the author of the book, and we're going to talk about it, Breaking the Power of the Mask and a Master Facilitator with the Trauma Healing Institute. So welcome, 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 Jocelyn. Thank you for being a part of the podcast today. How are you? I'm well, Dr. Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Yes, thank you so much. And just let the listeners know a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I um, am born and raised right outside of Chicago, Um, had a wonderful uh, family growing up. And one of the things that they told me, you need to go to school, you need to go to college. And so (laughs) when I went off to school, went to University of Iowa, I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I was undecided and ran into someone on the yard and they said, you know what? you probably should do journalism. And since I had no clue what I wanted to do, I said, sure, that sounds great. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) So so that's how I fell into that industry. And I, you know, did some internships at television stations and I got a job at a TV station right uh, right out of college. But while working in the industry was cool, but I I felt like God was calling me to go into ministry. And so God put on my heart one day while I was at work, you're going to be an executive director one day. And I promise you, Tiffany, I didn't even know what an executive director was. I had to Google it. (laughs) And so so I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's I want to do that. I want to run a nonprofit. And lo and behold, the opportunity Mm. came where I was able to work at my church and eventually was promoted to a director um, of that agency. Now, while working there, the, the nonprofit that I was working at was at my church on the south side of Chicago. And in that area, there was so much violence. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was w- witnessing families being destroyed by young people having their lives snatched away from them from gun violence. And seeing that type of trauma, it changes you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had also experienced my own personal trauma from poor decisions in relationships with men who I should have never connected myself with. And <laughs> we've all you know been about that, you know. <laughs> yes. And so <laughs> with that drama, I, you know, found myself covering up my own pain. And I did so by wearing a mask and throwing myself into ministry. You know mm-hmm. how we can just keep mm-hmm. ourselves so busy with work, mm-hmm. getting all these accolades when deep down inside you dying inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was a real strange position for me all throughout my 20s. I felt like I was really pretending and just staying busy all the time. But God was still calling me to do work in ministry. And I felt like the nonprofit that I was working at was meaningful work, but I felt like there was more. And so eventually I went to seminary school and they asked me, Jocelyn, like, what is your call? What is God calling you to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I've been asking my whole life. (laughs) What does this all look like? And so eventually uh, I remember two years into my seminary journey, I I was frustrated and I was actually getting mad at God for not giving me direction on my next step. And I decided to pray fast and consecrate. Mm -hmm. The end of that week, after a full week of consecration, I was at a wedding and I ran into someone in the bathroom and she was an old youth minister at my church. And so I hadn't seen her in years and I was word vomiting all over her about my life (laughs) and the fact that I still don't know what I'm doing with myself. And she said, Jocelyn, slow down. God orders your steps, not your leaps. Mm. And when she said that to me, I was like, wow, okay, (laughs) okay. You know, because I'm the type of person who wants to know the blueprint. I want to know all the things that, you know, I'm supposed to do. And God doesn't quite work like that. And so (laughs) I went home that day. I sat just still in the silence and God gave me the word journey. And with that word, I'm like, yes, this life is a journey. A journey of which for the last 10 years, I have been beating myself up for making wrong decisions, not Mm -hmm. embracing the fact that life, you're going to make some mistakes, but this is a faith walk on this journey called life. And it, that eventually propelled me to name my, my ministry, my company, Faith on the Journey, which started off Tiffany as a blog. (laughs) I started off writing stories of how God helped people to heal from their trauma and how eventually they were able to get to a place of giving God glory through their ministry and what they're doing now. People didn't know at the time I was interviewing them about their stories because I needed encouragement for mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the secret, right? Yeah. And so every Friday I would release a blog post of a testimony. I called it Faith Fridays. And eventually I wrote a book and eventually I started a podcast and eventually I came across a curriculum by the Trauma Healing Institute, which spoke about healing from trauma and healing from grief and loss. And I'm like, I got to adopt this into my work. And so I jumped all into that ministry. I became a master facilitator with them. And the last step I'll just mention is how I decided to offer counseling services. I I realized that a lot of the people who were going through our trauma healing groups needed one-on-one support. Mm -hmm. And so I said, let's 
marry counseling services with these healing groups to give people the help they need. And so full circle, I'm still using my journalism background to write blogs and to do podcasting and my MSW I use for like the counseling piece. Everything that has happened with this child who had no clue what in the world she was doing, (laughs) everything came full circle. Nothing was wasted. Yes. And I love that you pointed that out because listeners, you may be listening and saying that's part of my story. I still to this day don't know what it is um, that I'm supposed to do, but know that your steps are ordered by the Lord. And you may have thought that you made the wrong decisions in certain areas, but God is a God who can change everything for you. He is a God that can rearrange where you are and put you back on the right track. And then you'll be able to help others along the way and be a testimony for them. And so that is awesome, Jocelyn. And you know, one thing that we're going to get to today that I'm just excited to talk about is just breaking the power of the mask. And what tell us, just tell us a little bit about what made you write that. And you said a little bit earlier about, you know, yourself hiding behind a mask, but what else inspired you to write that? Well, um, as you mentioned, my lived experience, knowing that wearing a mask for so long, you grow tired of it and pretending hurts, pretending to be something that you're not hurts. Mm -hmm. Pretending that you're okay prevents you from actually getting the healing and support that you need. And so for me, as I started recognizing that I'm definitely not the only one wearing a mask here, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it's actually something that is cultural. If we think about how I write in my book, how we (laughs) are raised, we're, we're inundated with images of people wearing a mask all the time whether we're in a church setting, I'm too blessed to be stressed. You heard that before, right, Tiffany? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, test the lion. <laughs> you know, exactly. or the fact that, you know, for, for me and my culture as a, a Black woman, strong Black woman, this this pressure mm-hmm. to, to hold it all together and, and not let people see you um, at a place of vulnerability, or perfectionism, which is something I've struggled with for so mm-hmm, many years, mm-hmm. right? There's there's these images that we want to project to others to show that we're strong, but we have to recognize that when we constantly go through our, our entire lives wearing this mask, people really don't get a chance to know us. And it mm-hmm. blocks us from a place of intimacy with the relationships with people who really do want to see us for who we are. And so seeing how wearing a mask impacted me, seeing how it was influencing those around me. I said, this is a problem because A, again, as I mentioned, it prevents intimacy, but more so it stops people from really getting the help they need and also stops people from really being able to heal on their journey. Because if you're not honest about your pain, if you're never removing the mask to deal with the stuff from your past, then you will find yourself stuck stuck just like I was for over a decade, making no movement, but going in circles and sometimes going backwards. Mm -hmm. And so that's what inspired me to write this book. And, you know, I love that because I was just thinking as you were talking, especially um, being young in ministry. I remember when I started out in ministry, young African-American and um, being a woman in ministry in the, you know, a while back, it was, you know, not frowned upon, but, you know, you were at the minority and that in itself, like you said earlier, when you were talking about it, it makes you feel like you have to um, 
not put, I wouldn't say betray, but it's like to the point you have to always show how strong you were, how competent you were, because you had to um, prove yourself, not realizing that is that you just have to walk in the ability and what God has created in you. But again, like you said, it's that cultural thing. I also thought about um, how um, our families, a lot of our families say, what happens in this house stays in this house, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so it builds all of the secrecy and um, covering of things up that has become a part of the culture. So I'm so glad that you had pointed that out. But you know, how have we trained, been trained to wear a mask or to conceal the true nature of our inner selves? What are some ways we've trained ourselves to do that? Yeah, well, let's let me give you an example. When you're walking down the street, and you say, Hey, how you doing? Do you really mean how you doing? We think about it. We were like, don't tell me how you do it because I'm busy and I need to keep going to work. And and we're we're trained to say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Lion. Mm-hmm. Your dog just died. Your boss is crazy. Don't know how you paying your bills. Right. And so we are living our lives scripted and we know what to say. We know how to act in church. We know how to do all the things and it's Mm -hmm. almost robotic. Mm -hmm. And so it's rare that we find spaces where we feel like, okay, I I can really be real about what's going on with me. Uh, And sometimes let me also clarify, sometimes it's not safe to, to remove our mask. Not everybody has earned the right to see us in our vulnerable state. Not everybody yes, has faith yes, yes. to see us in this state, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not going around saying that we are supposed to let everyone know our, our business, right? But mm-hmm. there's certain people who have earned that trust, who do want to be there for us. And yet and still, we're going around wearing a mask in front of them. I want to give you an image. Imagine when we were in the height of COVID, and we were wearing masks outside, outdoors. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're using it as a form of protection. I get that. Makes sense. But imagine if you continue to wear the house when you came, the, wear the mask, excuse me, when you came in the house, you have a spouse and you're wearing the mask to bed, you're wearing the mask in the shower, you're wearing the mask in the mirror, you're trying to wear the mask if you could when you're brushing your teeth. You <laughs> never remove the mask. That's when we have a problem because no longer it's no longer a tool to protect us from actual danger outside. We have found this mask to be our new security blanket and we're Mm -hmm. not removing it in front of anybody. Those who are close to us, we can't even look at ourselves in the mirror without wearing the mask. And that's when, you know, it has taken on a whole nother life of its own. And it's our responsibility to break the power that that mask has over us. Hmm. That was an amazing example because when you thought when when you were saying that, I was just thinking, man, that'd be uncomfortable as well. You know, just being able having to wear it all the time, all the time, going to bed, mm-hmm. sleeping with it. It's just like something there that is not natural, that's not normal, um, mm-hmm. that should be there. And so that's the same way when you were talking that I was just uh, thinking about it is that when we hide behind the mask and hide behind the truth, you know, the truth and not really be true to what God has called us to be, uh, and we're trying to compete or we're trying to, you know, whatever it is we're hiding behind, then it's really, like you said before, not your true self. And it makes you to the point where it's unnatural. It's not normal for who you really are. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I, I remember going to a retreat and this woman was talking about her life, living her life essentially behind a mask. And she was in her fifties at this point. And as she was sharing some of the trauma that she went through and how she had been navigating life for so long, she said, you know what? I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm. You know, and I think that's that's real because so many of us have been wearing a mask for so long, we don't even recognize ourselves. We actually see the mask as our identity. And when I I see a person, for example, like I think we've all probably encountered this if we've been in church for so long, is that individual who's just bitter. They just like nasty for no reason, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and right. we just look at it like, what happened to you? And sometimes when they over here just barking at the mouth and just, just saying stuff and they just like, well, this is just how I am. No, no. Right. Nasty is not how you are. That's the <laughs> mask that you wear, sister or mm-hmm. brother, whoever's listening. Mm-hmm. And you are trying to convince others and yourself that that mask is your identity when it's not. What I'm seeing underneath that mask is hurt and you need to deal with that. But until you're willing to face what's going on here, you will never be able to heal. Mm-hmm. That is so true. That is so true. Uh, and, you, and you know, I was thinking about that. Wow, that is true because you know, most people that are angry all the time or, you know, just have that attitude, it's, they're hiding behind something else that they may be dealing with. And so that is so true. And that is also a sign that, you know, it's something that needs to be taken note of that there may needs to be an issue of counseling, you know, just being able to talk it out and just being able to say, hey, God, what's really going on? And, you know, at times in my life, Jocelyn, I always when I go to the Lord in prayer, anytime I embark upon different things or I feel like I'm not happy in life or I feel like, you know, I might just not be a particular way. I, I usually uh, go back to the Lord and say, Lord, is this what you're calling me to do? Is this a part of who I am? Because a lot of times when we begin to embark upon things that are not a part of who we are, you feel burdened. And then it's mm-hmm. like it's a weight that you weren't you weren't even called. Um, to participate in and to do. And then that's not a part of who you really were supposed to be. And some of those things you have to let go because you can't be or do what God really called you to do if you're trying to take on. And, I'm, and I know you heard this before, false burdens. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's so important that, you know, for the health, for our mental health, for our spiritual self, um, we have to begin to look at what are those masks that we're holding on to and how to get uh, rid of those masks. And, you know, Jocelyn, it's easier for some people to hide behind the mask than to live consciously as themselves or as ourselves. What is the reason for this, you think? Right. It, it's definitely easier because it doesn't require, require it doesn't require vulnerability if you live your life behind. A mask. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. It's safe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so we think it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's what we know. And when we have to do the work, right? Because it's, it's a couple things that happens when you remove your mask. When you remove your mask, now you have to face the truth. You have to face some of the pain and things that you have been running from. And that hurts. That is uncomfortable. And then now you have to you have to make a choice. Am I going to do the work that's required to help me to move forward in my healing process? 
or am I going to put this mask right back on? Cause I ain't got time to deal with this. I don't want to <laughs> deal with this. Right. Right. And, and so I think people understand that. And it, it's scary. It's scary. The unknown is scary. And also the fact that people, uh, if you show who you are, some people in your life might reject you. They, again, they, they might, you know, talk bad about you. I mean, you made a really good point earlier today when you were talking about how a families, you know, can get upset with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Family secrets, right? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. projecting the mask on you because they're saying you can't tell the truth. You can't mm-hmm. live in the truth. again. Those lies hurt. And so understanding that you might lose relationships, understanding the work that's required. Yeah, you probably want to keep that mask on a little bit longer. But the thing is, you have to, in order to get to the side of healing where you desire to be, you have to go through it. You can't avoid it. You can't go, you know, and just put it to the side because it'll still be there. You have to actually feel the pain first so you can heal. Mm-hmm. That is so good. You have to feel the pain first before you heal. Nobody wants to go through pain, right? No, <laughs> but that's don't. part of the process. It is part of the process. You know, I, I thought about that. Even um, my mother, she's been gone about six years now. We had lost my, our mother. And, you know, I'm the oldest, so I would have to be strong for the, the rest of the family. So I thought so. They didn't see me cry. They didn't see me. Maybe at the funeral, I cried for maybe a few minutes. But for the majority of the time, because I was handling all the things and different things, um, I really didn't show emotions or anything. And that's not healthy. So probably about a year later is really when I, I finally just kind of you know, say, you know, I'm not doing well. I would even talk to my sisters that much because I'm I'm the oldest. And so you feel like you have that responsibility. But I found myself just recently being able um, to talk to my, uh, my sister, one of my sisters and just say, I had it like, even today, I was like, man, I thought about mom today and I had a, I had a rough time, but I could not do that. Uh, you know, several years ago, because you just always been trained. I'm the oldest, you got to be responsible, you know, you have to do that. But that in itself was a mess. Because, you know, the family needs to see as well, if you're going through because then that may help them along their healing process as well. Do you agree with that, Jocelyn? Oh, I so agree with that. And I, I actually relate. Um, so moment of transparency here. Um, I'm still a work in progress as it relates to my mask too. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my father passed away last year. Mm-hmm. And when he, he passed, I gave the eulogy. Oh, and, wow. and in that moment, I don't know why I felt such pressure to be strong and not cry or show emotions, but I literally detached myself from being mm-hmm. his daughter in that moment and put on that mask of strength for real. It was strong and gave the eulogy power through. I felt I had moments where I was even like cracking jokes and I'm like, girl, what is up? What are you doing? But it was, <laughs> right, it was right. my, my way of coping and getting through. Right. But to your point, it catches up with you because I remember a couple months later, my dad's birthday was in June. Father's Day, of course, is in June. And his birthday was sneaking up. It was like the day before. And my body was like feeling it. It just, even Mm -hmm. though I was trying to block it out, my body remembered. And I remember walking into my old gym. I hadn't been there in a while because life was just happening to me at that time. I went back and visited and I saw some old friends there. And I kid you not, Tiffany, as soon as they said, hey, how you doing? It 
it must have been like a signal to my brain. Oh, this is a safe space to cry. I started bawling in the gym. Like, <laughs> yeah, they just asked me how I was doing. I'm like, oh, no, tears. Stop, please. I know they did just flowing. Won't they, stop. they were flowing. <laughs> I had to run into the bathroom and try to get myself together. And I, I really couldn't. I came out. Mm-hmm. I talked to one of the coaches and she was like, OK, Jocelyn, what's going on? And I told her the truth. I said, I'm grieving the loss of my dad. And you know what happened in that moment? I found out that she had just lost her dad a couple months before. Oh, wow. And she told me that she had yet to cry about the loss of her dad. And he was her best friend. Mm. And and she encouraged me. She said, Jocelyn, at least you can cry because I I haven't been able to allow myself to cry because I don't know if I'll stop crying. Mm -hmm. And we had such a sacred moment there. And I I thank God for that moment because we were able to talk about our grief journeys together. Mm -hmm. But it's. It showed me that oftentimes we try to carry our grief. Our grief journey can be delayed. We can put it on a box for some time, but we're carrying that grief with us. But at some point, it's going to find its way out of that box, whether it's through our bodies physically, whether it's how we behave emotionally, maybe it's our mental instability. We can't even understand why we can't concentrate at work. Well, no, mm-hmm. you're grieving. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was important that I got myself back into counseling. I started really allowing myself space to say, I'm sad. I miss my dad. And it's okay that I'm not able to function or I don't feel like getting out of bed some days and stuff because I need to allow myself to feel that grief mm-hmm. so I can make it through this season of grief. And I'll always miss him. I'll always love him. I might be crying 10 years later, but I'm not going to continue to run from my grief. Mm-hmm. And that is so important. It's the grief mask and um, but grief is healing. But the thing is, when I say grief mask, I want to make that clear uh, is to the point of should I grieve or when can I grieve or how can I grieve? And like you said, which is so key, you detach, um, especially when you had um, to perform the eulogy. And a lot of times, you know, I remember one time where um I was getting ready to cry, but I was working or doing something because I thought about it. And guess what? I said, I can't cry right now. Can't cry. You know, I'm doing this right now. Mm -hmm. But then I put on that mask that I cannot cry right now. I got to be strong. I have to do that. And then, like you said, it will come and it will come at times where you don't want it to come if you just don't take that time away. Even if you have to step away, listeners, even if you have to um, just say, I need a minute or let you like like Jocelyn said, I'm listen, I'm grieving my dad. And like I share with you, you know, I, I was sharing with my sister, you know, I'm really having a hard time. And, you know, just talking that out brings a lot of healing. And so a mask would be not being true about who you are and what you're feeling at that time. And again, like Jocelyn said earlier, you can do it amongst those that you feel comfortable with. You don't have to be vulnerable with those that you don't feel safe with, but those that you feel safe with, it's most important for us to be able to grieve and be able to go past that because you don't know who else you may be helping. So thank you for sharing that uh, with us, Jocelyn. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Now, are there any suggestions that you would give to those struggling with letting go of those masks? It's a day by day process and it's not easy. And I encourage you to find a safe space to test the waters. And when I say safe space, a place where you know uh, that 
they're, they have your back 100% and they've earned your trust. You can also start off with a counselor because they're paid to keep your business confidential. And mm-hmm. I do want to have a disclaimer, not every counselor is, is a good one for you. Some counselors actually can cause damage. Mm-hmm. And so you do want to do your research and kind of test, you know, and get referrals and, and kind of see how things are with a potential counselor before you know, really removing that mask. But when you find one, you know that you're safe and you absolutely want to be able to be vulnerable and and honest with them about what's going on. But say, for instance, there is a best friend who they've had your back 24-7 for so many years or a spouse, someone who's really close to you. That would be a good person to test the waters with, to, to slowly remove the mask. You also might consider like if you have a church retreat or something like that where they're focused on healing and creating an environment where they're sharing and authenticity. Small steps just to see how things are. And when you realize that, man, people receive me for who I am. They're not judging me. They love me all the more Mm -hmm. for being honest and, and vulnerable with them. Then after a while, you'll start saying, okay, I really don't have to live my entire life suffocating behind this mask. It is okay for me to share with these individuals what's really going on with my life. And so my advice to you is to start off slow, find a safe space where you can begin to test that. And then also spend some time with the Lord praying about why there's certain things that you do in response to avoiding your pain? Like, why do you choose the mask of perfection? Why do you choose the mask of strength? Where did this lie even come from that I have to be strong all the time and I can't cry? Start really praying for God and journaling and reflecting. And then circling back to what I said at the beginning, finding a good counselor who Mm -hmm. will care for you is critical because they will help you with those difficult questions. They'll mirror back certain things to you that you might not see because it's a blind spot for you. And they'll really help you to navigate your journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jocelyn, um, both of us are in ministry and ministers, and I just have to point this out and just to ask you, uh, does it mean you don't know Jesus? Does it mean that you're not delivered if you go to a counselor? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> no, you you can have a, a pastor relationship with God. You could be super holier than thou and still need a therapist. There's room for both at the altar. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, mm-hmm. I really I think that sometimes people have been under teaching that was skewed mm-hmm. around this subject and they've been taught, well, just pray about it. Mm-hmm. And then there's also stigmas around that in terms of, OK, like you mm-hmm. don't have enough faith. If you're mm-hmm. depression, please stop that. Please stop sharing again. Yes. Who are struggling with their mental health. Life gets rough sometimes. And we see countless stories of in the Bible of individuals who lament, who are crying out to God, who's struggling with suicide. There's nothing new under the sun. And so the thing that we do need to do in churches is create spaces where if someone is struggling with suicidal thoughts, who is struggling with depression, instead of shaming them, we get them the help that they need and recognize when we're not equipped enough to do that. Sometimes we just focus on just sending someone to the pastor and the pastor might be able to provide pastoral care, but 
sometimes people need external resources too. Mm-hmm. It's okay. They mm-hmm. both can exist, right? And so, mm-hmm. Tiffany, I just went on a whole rant based on <laughs> I love question. it. <laughs> no, because I love it because that's just a big issue. Um, and I'm, you know, I've grew up in deliverance ministry, so that's a, a really bigger issue because when you talk about deliverance, once you're prayed for and you've accepted Jesus, the blood should cover it all, you know, but at the same time, there is a process, you know, once you're delivered, you have to get support tools in order to keep that deliverance, you know, to go along with it, or you'll end up back in the same situations. And so it is so important that you do that. And I share with the people all the time, if you know um, that you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, you know, it could be a biological, uh, thing that is even going on. It could be chemical, you know, it could be more than just sometimes we think that it's a spiritual issue. But even if it is, like you said earlier, Jocelyn, we need to get counseling, make sure that it's a counselor that uh, you're comfortable with, you know, um, someone that's not going to exasperate the situation to where it gets worse, but it's okay. Sometimes we need that outside voice to be able to give us advice we need and to give us the help and the trained Uh, counseling that we need. And so when I hear that a lot of times, because it's so prevalent in a lot of areas that, you know, you don't really have Jesus, you really don't have a prayer life, you know, um, that can be very damaging and hurting and causing an unsafe environment for anyone to even come and open up with you. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. (laughs) And so I had to pull out that question because I knew it opened up a can of worms, but it needs to be said. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's nothing wrong with getting counseling and getting help and the the help that you need. So if you are listening and you've been struggling with that because of, you know, will I, do I really know Jesus? Yes, we, we know Jesus. But at the same time, guess what? Look at it this way. God created everybody, right? And so we all have our gifts. We all have our talents. And those are those that also have the gift and the talent to be able to counsel you through the situation. That's why God gives us our gifts and talents. And so we can't be afraid to do what we need to do in order to heal in our process. Mm, Amen, Tiffany. (laughs) So, you know, I have really enjoyed just talking about um, taking off that mask and I want you to pray for those that may be dealing with the, you know, emotions of shame, anger, or abandonment, or feel for whatever reason that they cannot take the mask off. Jocelyn, would you pray for the listeners today? Absolutely. God, I just thank you for every person who stumbled across this episode today who needed to hear this. This is not by happenstance that they're here under the sound of my voice, God, speak to them right now and remind them that they are your beloved, that you have a calling and destiny for them and that they don't have to go through life pretending, that they can be the authentic self that you designed them to be. But there's some areas in their life that need your touch, that need your healing, and we can come to your throne. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are a healer, God. And so just ask that you touch them right now, reveal to them the areas of their life that needs your touch put the right resources and people around them that they can remove their mask God and be cared for in the way that they deserve God I just speak life over them I speak a a new outlook on life yes Lord in their world God and I just thank you in advance for what you're going to do in such a time as this and I say this prayer in your son Jesus name 
Amen. 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 Powerful interview, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for just sharing your wisdom with the listeners. But would you let them know how they can get more about you and how they can contact you? For sure. I think the best way is to visit my website, jocelynjjones.com. J is my middle initial. So that's jocelynjjones.com. And there you'll find information about my podcast, my book. Uh, You can even find out about my company and my counseling services. So just check me out there. Awesome. So listeners, go and check Jocelyn out. And remember, not to hide behind the mask. You have the resources. Jocelyn has talked with us today. And so you can go uh, on, even on our website and begin to find out more information and referrals and whatever you need to be able to heal. And so until next time, God bless. Bye-bye.